Hi everyone, welcome to Arthritis Consumer Experts Arthritis at Home program. I'm Cheryl Cohen and I'm the president of Arthritis Consumer Experts and I'm so happy to be here today to have a chat with our very own uh, Kelly Lenvoy, who is our Vice President of Public Affairs and uh, as well as Communications um, and has tons of uh, so-called bench strength in government relations. And given that we're in uh, the middle of what it seems like, Kelly, is election season, both here in our own country and south of the border, uh, we thought it would be really uh, an interesting a few minutes to chat about um, to chat about these elections and some of the things uh, that may be opportunities or challenges for for our community. So welcome to the program. We're putting you in the catbird seat now. I think I'm supposed to say thanks for having me, Cheryl. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so Kelly, I think we'll start uh, with kind of the obvious question, which is, what are the challenges of actually holding an election during a pandemic? And I think we're seeing and hearing a lot of this in mainstream media, also on social media. But give us your thoughts uh, in the context of arthritis and, and pandemic and election. Uh, well, the, the really short answer is, uh, it's the ultimate challenge because it's never been done before and governments don't have any game plan. So it's extremely challenging, first of all, for the people who are holding the election. So let's not even think about voters, let's just think about governments. In the case of Saskatchewan, whose election is coming up on October 26, um, it's a planned election. So there has been talk about preparation for having this in the throes of a pandemic for months now. In the example of New Brunswick, it's a little different. It's a snap election. It's not a planned election. And it's occurring on September 14th. And the challenges for New Brunswick, because they didn't have months of preparation or planning, uh, are even more challenging. And these are the first two jurisdictions in Canada that are holding elections. Um, during COVID. So we're sort of learning things at the same time for the first time. And I think the first big lesson that New Brunswick is learning, we're a week away now from uh, from election, actually less than a week away from September 14th, is um, uh, the demand for mail-in voting. And it's something that we've heard about, uh, discussed quite a bit, as you mentioned, in the United States. It's obviously been um, something that has been around in Canada, but not a lot of people have used it and not a lot of people understand what it is. Um, it's obviously something that is critical during a pandemic um, because now when you think about and turn the conversation over to voters, um, how can we make it easier for voters who have very serious, legitimate uh, health concerns to be going out and voting during a pandemic. And let's think about our community in particular and all the people living with some sort of autoimmune form of disease, arthritis or otherwise. Um, it's going to be very, very uh, challenging, I think, for them to think about going uh, on election day uh, and casting their vote. So 
it's something that I think ACE is definitely encouraging uh, our community to consider is that if they do want to exercise the vote, and we obviously encourage them to do so, is to either vote early or to do uh, to do vote through uh, mail-in ballot. Yeah, so so Saskatchewan, whether they like it or not, Saskatchewan and New Brunswick are kind of creating the templates, perhaps, that other governments with elections upcoming or even into 2021 uh, will be looking to as, as potential exemplars of how to get it right or sadly maybe how not to get it so right. Yeah, it's interesting that you've said, you know, it seems like it's election season because we're also hearing you know, rumors that there are other um, jurisdictions who are looking at SNAP elections. Um, and that would include British Columbia and the federal government. Um, I guess you kind of have to ask yourself, you know, why would you force a SNAP election during this particular time? Um, I don't want to get too much into the politics, but uh, it seems to me if a government's interested in doing this, one of the, maybe the the biggest hot topic during a campaign during the pandemic is going to be how have you as a government managed the pandemic crisis? Yeah. And it seems to me if a government is um, holding an election during the pandemic, they probably think that they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, uh, it does present, I think, uh, a risk for, for a government if they're deciding to do this uh, as part of a, a political strategy, um, but ultimately, it's um, it's about voters and getting voters to turn out and practicing their their democratic right. I think what's interesting is that it seems to me it's going to be it's going to represent a form of voter suppression that I think we're going to see lower turnout, and that's not good for our community. That's not good for people who care about health care. Um, I think the last election in New Brunswick was in 2018. They, had a, they were disappointed with a 67% turnout. Um, on September 14th, if they get anything close to 67%, I think they would be very, very happy. Um, unfortunately, I think it's gonna be lower than that. And uh, again, that's a, that presents, I think, um, uh, some challenges again for the government in terms of the mandate that they're gonna say that they have, and to ensure that our voice is being heard as voters, but particularly in the arthritis community, if we are the ones who are most vulnerable and at risk and maybe not being able to get out and vote, um, that's an unfortunate uh, consequence. Yeah, so that's a, actually a good segue a bit to my, to my next question, which is um, if arthritis uh, doesn't, often receive the kind of attention um, perhaps that other chronic disease groups uh, receive during an election. Um, and it's always in healthcare is always an issue uh, for, for voters, but we don't often see are the candidates who are running for office talking about healthcare or paying attention uh, to, to um, particular healthcare uh, or disease community related conversations. And I'm, I'm just so curious if Canadians, you know, rank healthcare as, as primarily one of its most important issues, um, why is it politicians don't really want to talk about it? I think I know the answer, but I, I, I'm very curious to hear 
to hear your insights? Well, I think from our experience at ACE and the experience that we've had, uh, Cheryl, in, in our other roles, um, I think there's a simple short answer and then there's probably a longer, more complicated yeah. answer. But you're certainly right that, you know, generally um, when the media uh, does a survey during an election and asks voters, you know, what are the most important issues in determining your vote? Um, healthcare is usually on top. In fact, uh, the last election that we had in Canada, well, the last federal election, um, healthcare was 37% number one topic issue for voters. I think the next one was 30% and that was climate change. Um, but you don't see a corresponding attention during the election, as you said, during the campaign, focusing on that subject. And I guess the simple answer is because nobody really knows who's going to pay for it. Um, as we know from our experience when we visit uh, provincial governments across the country, um, they're always quick to remind us how much money they spend on health. And it is the biggest budget uh, for a provincial uh, government. Um, and if you are looking to maintain that spend or to increase that spend, um, you have to find out, find dollars for it. And that's usually through taxes. And we know that less than half percent, less than 50% uh, of Canadians are willing to pay more taxes to pay for services. So that leaves the governments in a very precarious position. Um, and that is if they go hard and campaign heavy on healthcare and healthcare reform and healthcare programs, um, and they don't also prescribe or tell us how they're going to pay for it, um, then they're going to be in a very, in a, in a bit of a double bind if they are elected government because they've made promises and they probably don't have a formula or a model to be able to pay for them. So it's almost like this, um, this agreement, this, this sort of tacit agreement among parties that if you don't talk about it during the campaign, we won't talk about it and then we can all avoid it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but there is something to it in the fact that um, we don't have a lot of healthcare debates and a lot of healthcare forums and we should uh, during the elections. Um, I think the other, uh, in the context of COVID, the other casualty is simply that we're not going to have um, those moments of interaction with candidates that we normally would have. So I don't think anybody is doing door-to-door -door canvassing. Yeah. It's obviously an effective way to raise your profile, but also to tell your party's story, to communicate your political messages as it relates to issues that are most important to voters, like healthcare. Um, and there are gonna be no public forums. So we always encourage um, ACE members to attend these public forums and we would give, provide them questions to ask during these public forums. We're not gonna have that opportunity during this election. Right, so given that, given that circumstance then, Kelly, um, how can uh, people, Canadians living with arthritis, how can they, one, get informed during an election? Um, and, and how can they act? I mean, apart from actually voting, either going to a polling 
station, should they feel comfortable, safe doing so, or by mail? Um, how can our community uh, get involved, stay involved uh, at this particular time? Or uh, any time for that matter, because I think some of the methodology uh, is probably similar given the reach of, of our digital communications today. Yeah, and we're fortunate, I think, in the arthritis community that we have a number of organizations in the patient group world, in the healthcare professional world, who do a really good job uh, with information sharing and education through their websites. And certainly almost every patient group, including ACE, including the Arthritis Society, including the Canadian Spondylitis Association, Canadian Arthritis Patient Alliance, they all have sections for patients to get educated on issues and to help them understand how to get involved during a political campaign or an election. Um, so certainly that'd be a good place to go. I think uh, medical associations like the Canadian Rheumatologist Association or provincial rheumatologist associations have that kind of information. So certainly there's some good sources in our community. Um, and then they have to, I think, go to um, their provincial election websites. So Elections New Brunswick, uh, Elections Saskatchewan, and you're going to get all the information in terms of how to get involved, how to vote, how to get a mail-in ballot, um, what sort of precautions are they taking to ensure people's health concerns are satisfied during COVID if they're going to a ballot box. Um, so those would be two or three excellent sources for people uh, to help them get prepared in terms of where they should, where they decide to cast their vote or who they vote for and how they do that. And explain to our audience um, today, Kelly, what is it uh, specifically that, that ACE does during election cycles? For example, uh, the one we're currently in, um, the SNAP election in New Brunswick, what actions has ACE taken? Well, um, as I think many of our members know, because they receive our surveys, we're constantly asking them what are the most important issues for them. Um, the last sort of national member survey that we did, um, we asked, you know, what, what are the healthcare issues that they care most about? Um, not too surprisingly, um, it was uh, being able to afford their prescription medications, wait times, delayed a diagnosis, receiving high quality care, um, access to a family doctor or GP, um, and access to specialists. Those are, those are sort of, those don't really change year, year after year. Yeah. So it's something that is very much um, uh, in our DNA when we um, put together our take action or our election campaign uh, resources. And what we do is we group those issues and we come up with some questions for the candidates and the political leaders and the parties. And we send a questionnaire out to the uh, candidates and the parties. And we wait to get those, um, those survey results and we publish them on our website. Um, we have information about arthritis uh, in the province uh, as part of those questionnaires. Um, that is a big, big tool for our community to help them 
learn more about what those parties' positions are on these key critical issues. Absolutely, and it puts them on notice that they have to think about arthritis as they're running for office. I think that's one of the most important sort of outcomes of this activity that ACE has always provided real community leadership on. And as I said, we, um, we encourage them to get involved in the democratic process. So if there are forums to attend those, obviously not happening during COVID elections, um, and also, uh, we try to, um, get them to contact their, uh, candidates. Um, each one of them has an email address. We help them find and access those email addresses so that they can reach out on an individual level. Um, I think what's interesting, um, in, in this round of elections, we've actually added an area and we've added a question. Um, that we haven't asked uh, the parties or candidates before, and that's around virtual care. Mm. And so it's one of these issues that is going to ace, we feel very confident, is going to be a sustained issue after COVID. And that is how healthcare is being delivered and the changes in that delivery um, during COVID. But moving forward as well. Yeah, I mean, it stands to reason for our community, one that's marked um, uh, uh, by, for, for many, by disability and lack of mobility and accessibility issues. Um, virtual care for types of appointments where it's best suited is, you know, to use a tired old phrase, a no-brainer. I think once we got into the pandemic, many people like myself, I live with rheumatoid arthritis, as you know, kind of scratched our heads and went, why haven't we been doing this for a lot longer, right? There are certain conversations, Kelly, as you and I have discussed offline, that I think are actually perfectly suited for a virtual care visit, such as we're um, kind of using the, a platform that we're using uh, right now. It makes all kinds of sense. And I have argued my hypothesis, if you will, is that, um, when there's no other distractions and it's purely the, the, the virtual face-to-face -face discussion between myself and my physician, and they, they're not worried about who's out in the waiting room, you know, they don't hear charts being slipped in the, in the container on the door, other side of the door, uh, when they can't fidget with their calculator, you know, their desk calculator, whatever. I really have felt that my conversations are more meaningful. So I think this is a really important part of not just these two elections, you've been speaking about Saskatchewan and, and first New Brunswick, um, but as you say, ongoing. We don't need a pandemic to recognize that virtual care has a place in our, in our healthcare system. Yeah, and I think, I mean, if I, if I sort of had a final, final word for, for our members, and it's something that we talk about to them um, when we're meeting with them, across the country, um, and certainly it's a message that uh, in a lot of our communications, we continue to emphasize and underline for them, and that is we represent almost 20% of the Canadian population, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And that's a powerful constituency. And we, if we acted together, have a very, very powerful voice. Yeah. There's nothing more powerful in the minds of a, an elected official or a candidate to be speaking to someone who is an expert in speaking from the heart. 
they listen to those type of people. And, and with facts, which is why I think reading some of the resource material that we have available on our jointhealth.org website is, is, is really important. It's you, the passion uh, and the experience does have to be backed up uh, or supported by facts. And, and that does make us uh, a formidable uh, sort of force. I always, when I go to the poll or when I mail in a ballot, I always remind myself, I am government. I am government. It is my voice, it is my vote that puts people in, or one of them obviously, that puts people in office. So we're an integral part of our democracy. Um, so thanks for that. Thanks for that reminder, Kelly, about the it it, It's more important during COVID elections too, just yeah. the final word, and that is, um, it's always a struggle, as we've said earlier on this on the interview, for governments to try and maintain, sustain their healthcare budgets. And now all of a sudden, in the midst of this crisis, these governments are now experiencing pandemic deficits. Yeah. In in New Brunswick, it's it's 343 million. In Saskatchewan, it's uh, 2.4 billion. To put it in a bigger perspective, in BC it's 13 billion, and in Ontario it's 38 billion dollar deficits. A deficit meaning um, how much the government is taking in and how much they're spending. Right. The difference between the two. Right. So they are under severe pressure, and obviously our concern is we don't want to see a drop or an erosion or decline in arthritis care. So our voice is even more important during a pandemic, and that is. Um, don't look at our community, don't look at arthritis patients as cost drivers, and, but instead as part of the solution. Yeah, but I think if we... Take, if you take care of us, in the long term, you're going to save money. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a really important point. And um, as, as we wrap up our discussion, Kelly, I think um, one of the things that's an important a piece to sort of carry around in, in, our, in our collective community's mind is that our vote is a way of prioritizing that in when they're in times of scarce resources prioritizing becomes an even more important exercise and there are things there are policies that government can contemplate right now and implement that will help maintain quality of care not diminish it um, and even provide more care at a time when dollars are very very scarce so it's up to us to point out those opportunities those priorities and then work with them to shape that policy. So that's sort of high level what it is that ACE does in, in, in the realm uh, of our work that, that you lead. Um, and it's so important and I'm so thankful you took the time uh, to talk with us today. I appreciate it very much um, for please, those. Please vote. Yeah, please vote. Vote and early, get a mail-in ballot, but please vote for arthritis. Yeah, vote for arthritis. That's our hashtag, actually. Oh, um, oh. So yeah, check I back. That was original. Check back our website and, and read up on what um, uh, politicians or parties are saying. We haven't really received many responses yet from New Brunswick, but they usually come in the 11th hour. So we'll be posting those to our social media channels. And at the end here, you, there will be a few resources um, at the end of the video that point you to some 
uh, good areas uh, to go read more, learn more. Um, so thank you again, Kelly, and thank you everyone for joining us. Please be well and be safe. We'll see you next time.